Thank you for joining us on another review special. Uh, here we have three brand new books to talk to you guys about. We're going to be reviewing Swamp Thing number two, The Silver Coin number one, and Noctera number two. Uh, these are all hot off the presses, and uh, we're excited to talk about them. Uh, real quick, want to let you guys know that the Comics Pals is a weekly show where we are talking about all these characters in all the different ways you can find them. Uh, we drop every single Monday on all podcast hosting platforms. And if we're not on the one you want for some reason, let us know and we'll get there too. Um, so without further ado, let's jump right into The Swamp Thing. This, of course, by Ram V, who we actually just interviewed on our main show. You can check that out. Um, that is out on Monday if you're listening to this before Monday. And it's already out if you're listening to this on Monday or after. Great conversation. We also interviewed Mike Perkins. So you're going to want to check both of those out. We got some exclusive details from both of them. So it was a good time. Uh, so speaking of Swamp Thing, let's talk about the Swamp Thing. Uh, I really love where this series is going. Yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't have any negative things to say about this book. Um, I, I think it looks great. I, the story has been really, um, again, two issues in, like, I feel like I'm already hooked, you know, like you have, uh, a protagonist I'm interested in learning more about. You have an antagonist who feels like a real legit threat, um, and yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like this book has a lot of life in it. Yeah. And it, it's, I was really looking forward to issue two uh, because one I thought was a really strong opening. And for for me to come out of this one as high um, has me really excited for, for the momentum it's building and where it's going to go from here. Yeah. Um. So this this book doesn't really have um, much of a cast of characters, you know. It, it really is focused primarily on uh, Le- Levi Levy. Um, Levi, I'm not sure yeah. which it would be. Levi. Yeah. Uh, it's primarily focused on Levi and his ex girlfriend Jennifer, um, as he's kind of like going through some really deep stuff as it relates to you know being the Swamp Thing. One question i i have um and maybe it's just more confirmation that i need uh so when he is the swamp thing that's a consciousness thing right it's not a physical body thing that was my understanding but i'm not sure because his body gets spit out in central park when it's over so i feel like he is going somewhere it's yeah. it's a little unclear yet, I think. Yeah, it seems like his body is absorbed into whatever. The green. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that that's fair to say. Um it and I, I really love the first issue. In our review of it, I said that it reminded me a lot of like nineties um be in the best way horror. Yeah. Uh and this issue definitely keeps that feel with a really dark tone to everything. Um, you know, this is a, this is a dark book. Uh, there just aren't many 
bright colors uh, to it. And even when there are bright colors used, like there are purples and oranges and things like that, they're a little dulled. Yeah. And I really, really like that effect. I think Mike Perkins um, and uh, Mike Spicer are doing a tremendous job collectively. The the brighter colors are violent hmm. as opposed to, you know, like the, the purples and the, you know, the, the blacks and, and other things. And the green, you know, the green on Swamp Thing equally is vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's interesting how many different palettes uh, Spicer works in. Because it's like you have, um, like you said, kind of the more muted orange of the desert, but then you have like that really intense orange with the fire. And, you know, like uh, sometimes the desert is purple to like convey this sense of coldness and the night. And, you know, like I just, I feel like this book has such a mood to it. And I think that that is the easiest, and I say easiest uh, in terms of like, quickest way to win over a reader not easiest to do execution wise but Mm -hmm. to have your book have a vibe to have a tone to have an aesthetic that is clearly communicated when i don't know the characters that well when there hasn't been that many developments that's why i'm that's why we're connecting with it because there are things about it that are good that are immaterial and i that is that's legit like that's that's like that's the you know the x factor yeah yeah absolutely um and in our during our interview i think marco said that this book feels like a perfect marriage between all the forces at play the the writing the art the colors the letters it's all kind of it's all working tremendously well and um it's just such an impressive it's just such an impressive feat. Um, this is a book that makes me want to dive deeper. And it's really difficult, right, to do all of this world building in just the first two issues. They introduce this this villain uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, I'll, I'll find it. Yeah. Uh, but the first issue really is centered around kind of establishing what he is, the pale wanderer, Thank um, you. establishing what he is and why he is and things like that. Um, and the horror of him. And there's a lot of horror there, but this issue gives us a more uh, direct confrontation between, between the swamp thing and the pale wanderer. And what I love about it is that it's more of a, I guess, philosophical uh, beef that they have with each other. Yeah than about the physicality and and the pale wanderer kind of being wrong about what he is Mm. what i love about that too and um again if you have you haven't please go listen to our our interview uh with rom uh when it drops tomorrow uh he talks about how what he wanted to do with his swamp thing right was like kind of have his swamp thing not lose his humanity but more like have this question about what is humanity what makes humanity and seeing that you know thing that he wanted to explore as a theme clearly represented in these two characters ideological differences uh i thought was really 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 cool 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, he also talked about, like, the idea of the swamp thing as an ever-present, like, force of nature. Right. That's represented historically in the Swamp Thing character, but I've never felt it as mo- as much as I do here. Where, mm. you know, the Swamp Thing is talking to this pale wanderer who recognizes himself as this, like, I've been here forever and I'm the desert incarnate and blah, blah, blah. And the Swamp Thing is like, eh, actually, I remember a time when the green was here too. So you haven't been here as long as you think you have. Yeah. And it calls into question every single thing that the pale wanderer uh, knows of himself. And that's kind of what I'm intrigued by is the swamp thing judging and looking back on humanity and going, there's a lot to reckon for here. You don't know what you are. Yes. Um, Something I also wanted to praise Rom for is uh, (laughs) how good he is at, like um humanizing characters that aren't important um and it, it speaks to you know we we uh we have a review coming out this wednesday um of a book called home uh from image thanks to image for the advanced review copy uh you can go check that out and and one of the things we kind of criticized it for was the characters feeling thin um and not feeling like you know they their personhood was like maybe being as explored as it could and I thought it was great where, like, in the the uh, the title page of this, he's describing all the other victims of um. You just said his name, the pale wanderer. The pale wanderer. Thank you. Uh, and I I felt bad for them, and their characters who you don't even really see. Like, you get like a little glimpse of them in like one caption, but they're described in a way that gives them history. Right, He says, uh, And each night there are new victims. An old drunk in second-hand shoes dreaming of slot machine jackpots. A young woman avoiding border patrol. Floodlights chasing a dream just a few more miles away. A little boy on a camping trip dreaming of faraway worlds by the wood fire light. He consumes them all, and I am always too late to save them. Like, that's fucking good. It's just good world building. And he yeah. does it again with the sheriff where he's like the sheriff gives you a bunch of info dump, but he's, it's said in a way that sounds like a thing a person would say. So you don't yeah. clock it as being an info dump, right? Like it's just good dialogue that makes the world feel lived in, even though I don't know any of these people. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I really can't sing the praises enough of this book. I think it's great. And it's truly, truly the good stuff. We're not even in anything, you know, like this is a, this felt like a two issue arc to get us in the mood, to get us into this world, to introduce these characters. But are we going to see the pale wander again? Probably not. Um, There's a lot more at play as the end of the book teases. We know that we're going to deal in some form or fashion uh, with Alec Holland. Um, There's a, there's a, there's a document called the the Holland phenomenon, and so we're probably going to learn more about why this is happening to uh, to uh, Levi and you know what the truth is of all this. And I, I can't wait. There was a a nod there to Sunderland Corporation. Sunderland is like a OG Swamp Thing bad guy. 
There you go. Um, so yeah, yeah, cool how it nods to the history, and also, uh, just visually, I love, love that the conflict with like obviously it's it's physical, right? Like they do fight, but the fact that like the way that Swamp Thing deals with the pain, Pale Wanderer is just, like, to make a giant tree in the middle of the desert is, like, such a... I don't know, like, it's one of those moments where, like, I got to that page and I had this thought of, like, this might be an iconic page one day. You know? I had a similar thought, yeah. It uh, was amazing. Super cool. Like, if you're a fan of Swamp Thing, right, I could imagine you wanting to just own that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great page. It's one of those pages where it's like, even if you're not, it's like, ah, oh, it looks great. I I I own that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't even really have anything else to say that isn't just like continuing to heap praise on this book. I really like it a lot, and I think it's uh, along with um with Beta Ray Bill, which we reviewed last week. I think like two my two most hotly must read, must watch books right now. Um, and they're like neck and neck. Big, big comics pal seal of approval on this book. Go check it out. Don't if you're sleep on to it. this and you haven't definitely go buy it. Uh, let's let's ensure that there's more. You know, let's ensure that we get yeah. more of this. It's great. Rom told um, us they got season two plan and it's fucking wild. So <laughs> yeah. let's talk about uh, Silver Coin. Sure. Uh, so this is by. Chip Zdarsky and Michael Walsh. Um, this was a very interesting book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Silver Coin, correct me if I'm wrong, appears to be the, t- the overall title of this series, but each issue will feature a different story. So this one yeah. features the story of uh, called The Ticket. And that refers to, um, you know, these characters ticket out of like, you know, obscurity and mediocrity and whatever. And it focuses on this this band who, you know, they love playing together and, and they love music and stuff. But they're they're at a time where, you know, rock and roll is kind of like on the way out and disco's the thing. And, you know, they feel um, antiquated, even though they're young, because the thing that they love is old by that by the standards of that time right um which i loved because you know if you're a person who like for example i'm a massive fan of rock and metal and stuff like that but that hasn't been in like you know you could say if you're if you want to be uh conservative that hasn't been the thing in like 20 years yeah um and certainly it's gotten less and less of the thing as we've gone on. So I have felt this feeling. I don't play, but it's my favorite music. Um, So I was immediately into that. But then we're introduced to this concept of this silver coin that gives one of these characters the ability to just shred, you know, Um, and he's an amazing player now, but it takes something from him. It takes a part of his humanity away from him. Um, and it, it crafts this really interesting narrative about what are you willing to give away to go where you want to go? Yeah. Um, which I thought was brilliantly done by Chip. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And 
I don't know if you guys like I didn't know that it was an anthology when we picked it up. I remember we had like said like, oh, like, let's read this because it's the new chip joint. Like we like chip. Um, And I it's interesting because I remember getting to the end of the issue uh, where things are like escalating. Right. And, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> the guitar player that we're talking about dies. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, re- I thought this was the beginning of this story right. and it is but not in the way that i expected and then to get to that last page and see like the elevator pitch for the next issue it says in 1993 mean girls bully a misfit teen at an idyllic summer camp uh when the teen reclaims her power after an encounter with the silver coin what follows is the stuff of horror movie legend and it's called girls of summer and then that one's by kelly thompson and again with michael walsh on on art um it's funny because I really like this issue and I was totally down to follow these characters. I'm weirdly more interested in it now um, because I just thought it was like such a good, enjoyable issue. And if that's just this book's thing, that it's going to be like a horror anthology that just follows, you know, this magic cursed coin or whatever through the years is like, yeah, all right. Like that's fresh. That's different. What's also fresh and different about it is that typically if you did something like this, the writer would stick around Mm -hmm. and be joined by a different artist. This is the opposite. That's pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Or it would be a completely different team altogether. Or a different team. Yeah, for sure. What'd you make of this, Kale? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, the coin, as we said, as a, um, uh, the thing that takes us along the journey. But I also think that this issue does a great job of setting up what the coin can do mm. and, you know, to a degree of what it needs while also investing you in these characters. Um, and man, the art does a ton. So good. Michael Walsh is on another level for these working dude and like it's got that like underground comic kind of vibe to it a little bit which especially with like when you have a story about a rock band it's like oh yeah like this just it just sings man Mm -hmm. go ahead Uh, he he has a comic on comicsology that i can't uh i can't quite recall but it's uh crazy it's crazy the okay. art in it is nuts um it's a I'm, and i'm trying the story is crazy trippy and that's why i'm trying to remember exactly what it is um but he also does a uh there's an ad for it he does web comics about his like uh night terrors yeah uh, yeah there was an ad for that that and this right? yeah 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 uh sleep stories is what it is what that's called and it's supposed to be just next level um, but this felt like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Sure. Um, just, you know, the the the, uh, the campfire council or whatever um, will be all the writers. Um, sure. Yeah, I love this. I'm so in for this this series. And as we sing the praises of Michael Walsh, it's 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 worth noting that you know he's responsible for all of the visual elements of the book. Um, you know, he lettered it, he colored it. He obviously uh, 
did the pencils on it. And so the lettering's really good too. So good. Yeah. yeah. Like really good. It's one of those like I I feel like I never think about how much I like it when the artist does the lettering until it happens and you're like, fuck, it's like just right in there, man. Like it's not built on. It's like it's it all blends so well. And we talked we talked about this with Beta Ray Bill again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he, you can tell that he sketched it into the into the art, and you know everything else was kind of built around it. I felt the exact same way with like the way the music is portrayed mm-hmm. in in uh, the Silver Coin and in the concert scenes and stuff. And like I don't typically like music in comic books. Yeah, I I don't think it works very well. Yeah. Uh, but I thought this was great. It it always feels like um, I don't know. Like I, I get this way whenever I watch like people playing uh, instruments and in cartoons and stuff too. Like it's it's just usually bad. Like it doesn't actually look like the way people play, and it doesn't convey the emotion you feel when you're in a room with live music playing. And this sure. gets that right. Like it's a dark. You know, it's a bar with kind of low lighting and everybody's packed in and like there's an electricity in the air when there's music being played. And like that's super hard to convey. And the colors help sell that, too, because the colors are shifting and changing. And, you know, there's there's all different types of of vibes that you get um, from the different scenes as things progress. Like, you know, there's increasingly more reds when he's on the stage and things like that, like. this is this is one issue guys right like this is just the first issue this introduces the concept the characters and it's out and we'll never see them again think about the the skill and talent it takes to do that Mm -hmm. well and i think that's what's so cool about it and like why i'm I'm so excited by like the anthology thing is like i love short comic stories i don't feel like there are enough conduits for them because like I could see the band thing being tough to stretch into an arc. It worked fucking amazingly as one issue. Yeah. And I think I I think horror anthologies right now are coming in hot. I think hot. they're going to be a hot new thing. I mean, good. If they're all this good, uh, like this was hot shit, man. Uh James Tinian's Razor Blades is great. Is it? Um where do yeah. you get that? Uh, his uh, it's his website. I think it's like Tiny Onion or something. Uh, but if you just Google James Tinney and Razor Blades, it it comes up. And I think okay. it's a, a Gumroad purchase. Okay. Um, and it's uh, I think you're never gonna read it. Sorry, it's only digital. Right um, about that. The um, <laughs> the uh, there's a very limited release window for physical copies. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how quick they go. I think I would imagine it's pretty quick, but um, uh, yeah, it's a very limited, limited thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, again, all high praise from us on this book. I can't wait to see what the next issue has in store uh, because, you know, again, we could use more stuff like this in comics. So uh, thank you to Chip and Walsh for bringing us something super fresh. Yeah, yeah, um, I I can't wait for issue two. They got me on the hook for this one. Yeah, let's let's talk about Noctera. So sure. uh, we're we're here to review Noctera number two, but uh, for each of us, we also read Noctera number one alongside because we hadn't read it before. 
Uh, we figured we would give this, this series a shot um, because it is, you know, Scott Snyder um, and, and Tony Daniel and Tamu Mori, who is, is, is a monster. Um, I had a little bit of trepidation about this book. Scott Snyder's creator own stuff is generally good, but there have been some times where I've not been that into it. Um, especially over these last few years, I've waned in my enjoyment of his, of his work, which is not saying a lot because I was super, super, super high on him. And now I'm just not as high on him. Um, but this was good. This was a, this was a, a breath of fresh air. This was the Scott Snyder that I really like, even if you can see some of the ways that he's retreading ground we literally just saw. Sure. Um, I actually felt very similar about Tony Daniel. Yes. And that was actually my big trepidation for the series was uh, Tony Daniel's uh, art. Really like Tony Daniel. I think he does some – when he's on it, man, he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but if he's not, it just it doesn't quite feel right. Um, and, uh, but the stuff he does in this, like his figures, his people, they all look at the top of his game. Oh yeah. Until you get to his monsters and then they look a bit blockbuster generic. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever, but the world that he's, you know, and not to take the credit away from Snyder on this or, you know disseminated or whatever but the world that he has uh uh uh, adapted here in whatever fashion um is expertly done i think it's incredible man yeah i gotta say i didn't like this i'm Um, not surprised i i found it to be really flat uh i felt like like, I don't necessarily disagree with what you guys are saying in regard to the world building, but, like, I just wasn't that interested. It felt, like, trite, and, like, it it felt very been there, done that. And I think especially comparing it to um, Geiger, because we just read that, and it's, like, a kind of similar setup of, like, it's post-apocalypse, and here are the rules, and there's a superhero, and, and I was just, like... Man, I just I just read this from someone else and I, and I like that better. Um Yeah, and like the I don't know, like the, it's weird because there are a lot of things here that line up with things that I vibe with. I like post-apocalypse. I like the 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 I like seeing a post-apocalyptic world and learning about the culture and like how do the people survive and like light is the big currency and you know like the monsters are starting to evolve because it's been 13 years like all of those things are interesting to me as bullet points but reading these issues I was just like Jesus fucking Christ there's so much exposition there's so many captions there's so much talking and like it feels like it doesn't let some of it breathe and I felt like some of the some of the world building I thought was really cool like the idea of like the neon grove 
right? And that's like this charging point. I was like, that's cool. Like that makes sense in the context of this world. But when they were like, oh yeah, you know, some sometime around PM three or three PM or three years after the big night, I was like, come the fuck on. That's what you're going to call it? Oh, 13 p.m. So fucking lame, dude. Like, and I, and I hate being this negative, but like that was my genuine reaction was like a groan and an eye roll. And I remember when I was reading the first issue, I got halfway through it and I was like, I got to read another issue of this shit. Really? Like, I don't know, dude. And I don't know what it was about it that just didn't get there for me because like the art's not bad. Like, the the pitch is good enough, but I don't know, man. It just did not strike a chord with me. It's really funny because I, I f- felt similarly to Geiger yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there just wasn't enough there for me to hang the hat on, but this worked. And I think it was because there was more there that I think I can trust – scott to build on Mm. uh whereas and you know not to say that i can't trust jeff johns to build on the stuff that he puts down but what he's put down isn't enough sure would so my question is would you be are you judging that based on where you felt about noctera in one issue or two because there are the two versus one Geiger. For me, it was two. I'm I'm judging my overall experience with this being my first taste of Noctera versus, you know, Geiger, which is a very similar right. thing. Yeah, and that... I was curious. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was curious about Kale because Kale felt that Geiger didn't have much, but he did. You did have the benefit of reading two Nocteras, so I'm just wondering, like, you know. Um, I I liked Noctera one, uh, frankly, a lot better than Noctera two. Um, okay. But but I I liked two as well. Okay. Uh, Pete, what were you saying there? I was saying that um, I'm I'm kind of comparing my first tastes of both of these worlds and like trying to think about like where things go from here, and like this, yeah. I feel like I can already predict it. And, like, the first two issues feel like the setup. Like, the end of issue one, like, is literally, it says, welcome to Sundog Convoy. Like, it's very much like, welcome to the status quo that we've established. Here you go. And I'm like, I don't really, I don't know, dude. I don't know that I want to watch these characters go on this, like, road trip and get chased by the Batman who laughs. You know what I mean? Like, it. I felt that. Feel like I've. I felt that. I feel like I've read this comic before. That that was a complaint I had, yeah. Um, whereas with Geiger, like, you get to the end of that, and there's this question of, like, our main character and his family and the Las Vegas world and all the different players on the map. And, like, I was like, oh, like, I am kind of interested in who these characters are and, like, what are the different factions like? And, like, how do they live? And, you know, what, like, all those things. Whereas this, it's like, you pretty much immediately are like, oh, well, most of the world's dead. Um, one of the only other places in the world is gone. And we're leaving the other place with anybody. So, okay. And I'm not saying it's not going to go anywhere, but it's just like, I don't feel like there's much here for me to like have intrigue for other than like, 
are they like, you know, the scientist guy that she's, you know, carting around. He's like, oh, like, I'm going to save the world. And he's like, no, I'm not. The world's fucked up. And then she's like, oh, okay, I got it. I'm a nihilist, too. I'll take you where you're going. All right. Whatever. So uh, this I I, while I did enjoy this and I I, there was there was stuff here for me. um, Snyder has a tendency, as I as I alluded to before, to uh, really go back to the same beats. And so this, for anyone who's familiar, is very similar to Undiscovered Country, not oh. in the premise, like the 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 the, um, the actual like what's happening, but the overall idea of a post-apocalyptic world that has these survivors that have to figure it out for themselves, and blah blah blah. Those are very similar beats to Undiscovered Country. Frankly, you could even argue. This is similar to death metal or even to the the last night on earth book where he's, you know, walking around in the desert with the Joker head. There's a lot of like post-apocalypse yep. stories coming from Snyder. And um, I do find that frustrating. I wish he would do something a little uh, more unique for him. Uh, and then of course, why is the man in black here? That's so over the top, obvious. Um that being said, I'm curious as to where this is going to go. Um, I do think that there are threads that I'm compelled by. I like the main character. Uh, she's cool. Yeah, she's cool. I um, like her brother, too. Like, their whole her, vibe yeah. is neat. Yep, all that was cool. But I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't continue to buy this if issue three or four don't do something really dynamic. Because... The biggest hook for Undiscovered Country is not the it's not the setting. It's the why. Why is the world like this? And what is it going to take to get things back, if possible at all, to the way they were? Whereas with this, Noctera feels very comfortable with what the world is. It's yeah. established what the world is. We get it. We know it. He's done all the heavy lifting for us. He left nothing for Tony Daniel to have to work on with respect to telling the story. It's all told through caption. That's a weakness, in my opinion, that Snyder has. We doesn't mm-hmm. always trust the artist. And I, for me personally, I think Tony Daniel does a great job here and shows that he can do more. And if you give him more page time uh, and more space, he'll make it happen. But that wasn't afforded to him. So this isn't perfect by any means, um, but I felt like the art, Tony Daniel, I'm a big fan of his. The art was great. Him and Tamumori together is an awesome combination. The colors were on point, and they really brought life and pop to uh, what Tony did. And I think that Tony Daniel's art being hit or miss is very dependent on who colors him. So uh, I thought this was this was great from that perspective. And I hope that now that the preamble's out of the way, Snyder can tell the story of Noctera, and I'm interested to see what that is. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think this is it for me. Um, I think a big thing in your post-apocalyptic world is making it feel alive, and this world feels very dead. Uh, it kind of reminded me of um, the the book The Road. Um, oh God. No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm sure it's a huge influence here. And and I think the thing 
that bothers me though is like I I really like the road, um, but it's super oh. bleak. And the point of it is that it's bleak and hopeless and dead and and like that's kind of the vibe. Whereas like this is that kind of world, but then they're also like hope, and I'm like, pick one. Yeah, you know, does is the world alive or is it dead? You know, um, like Geiger, that world felt like it was teeming with life after the bomb, not a world where like it's fucking over and you're just you're just extending the clock as long as you can. You know, I don't know. Mm. And that's an interesting criticism. I, I feel like there there can be uh, interesting story told there in that in that space between those two things. But it's really up to Snyder to make you believe that. And clearly he didn't do that here for you. I gave him two issues. Yeah, that's more than fair. Uh, I'll probably, like I said, give it a give it another shot or two. Um, I was higher on it, and uh, hey, Snyder to me has earned the right to take some time. So yeah, we'll see how that develops. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed our reviews here. Uh, we covered a lot of ground, and um, you know we're excited to continue to do this. So if there are books you want us to continue to review, or books we haven't reviewed that you want us to jump onto, let us know. Write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Leave us a comment wherever it is that you are engaging with us. Uh, if you're on a, a podcast hosting platform, you can leave us a comment in addition to following our podcast, which is totally free. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Once again, totally free. And uh, you can drop a comment there, like the video, share it with your friends, and hit the notification bell so that you can be made aware of when we drop new content. We really appreciate you guys' support, and we look forward to continuing to do these reviews for you. So until next time, take care, guys. See you next week.